Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. It's Monday. Actually, it's my favorite day of the week because I get to be here talking to all of you around the world on Read My Lips Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I get to use a different name. I'm not my regular name here. I'm AKA Radio Red. Somebody asked me recently how I chose that name. Well, I was on a different station before I joined Voice America many years ago, and I noticed that my real name, which starts with the letter B, was sorting down in the alphabet. I'm a former programmer, and I know how the alphabet works. And so I thought, what can I do? Kaylee's loving this. What can I do to get my name a little higher if people are just looking at, oh, who are the hosts on the station? There were thousands of them. So I figured, well, I'll put the letter A. Well, A with my name wasn't going to do anything. So a lot of people were using AKA, meaning also known as. Less, we're going to find out what you would be, a.k.a. someday. And so I decided to come up with Radio Red, not Red Radio, Radio Red. No political overtones there. And I just said, a.k.a. Radio Red, put it together, made the name, and it stuck. So that's how I saw it. it was all for the point of being discovered. So today I'm going to help you discover. We're still waiting for one guest in Australia. She may join. If not, I'll just reschedule her. Today is a very special day because it's the last day of July 2023. How did this happen? We were we couldn't even wait to get out of 2021, 2022, and here we are past the halfway point of 2023, and it's July 31st. And before I introduce you to my three wonderful guests, I just want to tell them that we are now at the almost, well, we've just started actually. We started in the zodiac sign of Leo. Do I have any Leo birthdays here? Les or Gary or Kaylee? No Leos? Okay. Well, I want to just tell you what a Leo looks like, sounds like, what their personality is. And if this describes you, you can become an honorary Leo, which you didn't count on on today's show. I know none of you did. So a Leo is vivacious. Come on, put up, wiggle one of your polite little fingers at me, not the mean finger in the middle. Wiggle a finger if you're vivacious. Kaylee, I know you are. Are you theatrical? Oh, Gary, come on. Les, Les admits it. Passionate, of course. Do you love to bask in the spotlight and celebrate yourself? Well, I could be an honorary Leo, so I'll take that one. Are you a natural leader? Les, Gary, Kaylee? I I think so. I think you are. Are you ambitious? Are you determined? Uh Uh-huh. Do you have remarkable bravery? Les, you've had a lot of bravery in your career. Uh, Let's see. Do you like uh, lavish dinners, exclusive parties, and decadent designer clothes? Well, (laughs) not the designer clothes, no. Well, Kaylee's the only one with a a fabulous designer jacket on, so we'll give her that. Uh, Do you have... um, physical, mental, and emotional fortitude? I think you all do because you're here. Are you a fearless optimist? Yes, everybody? Mm -hmm. Kaylee's not so sure. You're in finance. How could you not be an optimist? That's what we need from you. Your recommended careers for Leos are actor, event manager, teacher, designer, motivational speaker, I'm sure you all are, travel writer, politician. That's another career for all of you. Not politician, travel writer, (laughs) PR executive, celebrity agent, and entrepreneur. I think you all are. Famous Leos are J-Lo, well, look at that entrepreneur, Halle Berry, Barack Obama, 
Meghan Markle, we know where she married. Mick Jagger, Helen Mirren, Sandra Bullock, Madonna, Ben Affleck. I just can't even keep going on. It just goes on and on. Anyway, I'm just going to all call you, all three of you, honorary Leos. There you go. So it's time for me to introduce my special guests. I was supposed to have four innovative creatives. I've got three, and I'm thrilled that you're here. Kaylee, pronounce your last name for me, dear. It's Boisvert. Boisvert. Well, and I did my countdown for my engineer, Jordan, in French, and I couldn't, Boisvert, that's French. That's the green, green Woods, right? Yeah, it's Greenwood, yeah. Greenwood. So it's Kaylee Greenwood is on the show. I have a friend named Nancy Greenwood. Okay, Kaylee Boisvert, I love that. She's the author of Money Wise, Mabel's Bursting Bank. If you couldn't guess, it's a kid's book, but it's on financial literacy and it's a picture book. Brave you, we'll talk about that. And the nonfiction book, Make Money Your Thing, Ditch the Shame, Design Your Dream Life to Empower Women's Financial Lives. Kaylee, thrilled to have you and a shout out to your PR agent, Creative PR, Mickey Mickelson, also in Canada. Hello to Mickey. And then we have Les Wolf. Les, wave hello. There he is. Les and I have known each other for how many? A thousand years? Two hundred years? How many years, Les? Uh, Three hundred years. Three hundred years. You don't look a day over 20. Thank you, darling. I knew I got it wrong. Les and I met in Great Neck, and we have no idea when and where when I was living on Long Island. Les is a hobby industry pioneer. Very interesting. He was the lead appraiser and authenticator. That's a very important word, Les, for ESPN and Cox's 2005 Memorabilia Road Tour. And he now teaches, and has been for a while, Collect, Invest, Protect, and Preserve Memorabilia. It's a class, and he's going to tell us where people can find it. Les, I'm so happy we reconnected after all those years, and I'm thrilled to have you here. And you're going to talk about what you do. Anybody got baseball cards you want to talk about? Les is your guy. And then we have Gary Sirak. Gary, your last name is S-I-R-A-K, if you want to look him up. He co-authored How to Retire and Not Die. Well, that's a good goal, Gary. The three Ps that will keep you young. And he also is the author of If Your Money Talked, What Secrets Would It Tell? He paints, he writes music lyrics, and Gary has given me permission to play his newest song. It's debuting for Human Ears, and Kaylee and I decided that we have human ears. Les, do you have human ears? You're bringing those to the show? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so the human ears, so at least Les and I and Kaylee will be listening. Gary, I'm thrilled, and I've already forwarded the MP3. Thank you so much to my engineer, Jordan, and he'll play it when the time is right. So we're going to go around the table now, and I've just given a little teeny tiny bio of each of you. We want to find out who you really are and about your thoughts on creativity. So Kaylee, bravo. I have such new respect for you. I liked you when I met you, but that name is just Mademoiselle Boisvert. Les, doesn't that get you all all tingly, Boisvert? It's just, it's a lovely name. Uh, anyway, Kaylee, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. I would like you to please fill in the blanks on who you are, what you do, and how did you get to this place in your creative life? Kaylee, welcome. Go ahead. Hello. Thank you so much. Um, so like you said, I am now the author of two books, but um, prior to um, my background is as a financial advisor. I've been in the finance industry for about 15 years now, and I've always had sort of a like a strong pull and passion towards all things numbers, money, math related. Um, I was raised in a single parent household and growing up, I really saw like money showing up as a source of stress and struggle for my mom. And I just remember so much like wishing there was something I could do to help. And then wanting to know more and learn more about money. Cause I felt like it wasn't the case for everyone when I would see my friends and, and things like that. And they didn't seem to be plagued by that same like scarcity or anything. So 
it felt like it was something I had to figure out. And I think that's where my fascination in money and all things numbers came from. And it was like, if I can figure this out, you know, maybe I can solve the, the problem and solve the whole money, I guess, issue that we had as a, what we were growing up with. Um, so yeah, I always had that really strong inclination towards all things numbers, math, and um, fast forward to now I've, I've, strongly focused on supporting women. Again, I was raised by a single mom. I am a single mom to two little ones. And I've always wanted to make women feel a lot more comfortable and like they belong in this money space. It had been very male dominated for some time. And I thought, you know, it's time to change that. Like, it's really important for women to feel welcome and feel comfortable and, um, yeah, like it's a safe place to have these conversations about money for them as well. And so that's really been my focus. And so through my books, um, I wanted to create just another sort of tool for women to really get empowered with their money. Um, and it was tough for me because you, as you're reading the horoscopes, I am a Virgo. So I think by nature, we're very like... <laughs> very uh, not creative or not outside of the box or very, yes, we can, we can be a bit difficult. I would like to be an honorary Leo. Cause that sounds like a lot more fun. Um, so being creative and, and getting outside of the box and all that was really tough for me at first. I worked with a book coach to make this book a reality. So I'm like, I'm ultra determined and like diligent. That's probably the Virgo in me. So I knew I wanted to write a book and, um, the challenge was how did I, how do I write a good book, like a fun book? Because I also knew I wanted people to read my book. And so the first draft or the first version of it sounded very much like some sort of finance textbook that the only people that would enjoy it were probably very numbers, analytical types like myself. So what came from that process, I worked with a book coach and she just pulled out a lot more like story in me and how to engage the reader and thinking in terms of like how they're experiencing the book. And so so, you know, where it started and what it became, I'm so proud of, especially as someone who has been very like analytical numbers focused on, on making something that's actually a fun read. Like some of the feedback I received was that it felt like just having a conversation with a friend about money. And I was like, wow, that was, that was like my goal, my intention. And it came to life. So I'm very proud of that. Very, very nice. Now, which book were you talking about? Were you talking about the book for women or the book for kids? I briefly yeah. want to know what dawned on you. You, what what balloon popped over your head that said, I think I'll write a kid's picture book about money. Just quickly, when did that come to you, that idea? That's a very brave place to go, Kaylee. Yeah, it was. I, I think I was just sitting in my kitchen, I remember, and I said it out loud to my sister. She was like at my house and I was like, you know what? There needs to be more for kids because my daughter was around five at the time and I was just talking about money and, you know, people and money. And, and she was obviously just her idea and, and what she thought about money was like, so outlandish kids. It's actually really fun though, hearing what kids think about money. But I just like dawned on me that like, wow, I could write like a book for kids. Cause I thought about how, when I was a kid, again, money was really negative. It was really scary. So how can I create something fun for kids where they just feel like, you know, this is a good, easy topic and they can dream big about the possibilities. So that's where the kid's idea came from. So a lot of inspiration from my five-year-old at the time. So that was helpful. Thank you. That's interesting. Inspiration from your children, from your environment, from the people in your life. Very, very interesting. I think that happens to a lot of people. I have a business show called Technology Revolution, The Future of Now, and I did a show with four experts, authors, um, financial advisors, a CPA, tax CPA from New York. You may know her less, and I'm not going to mention her right now. And uh, we got 
8,000 views on that video within the week of doing it on financial literacy for kids. The topic was that yeah. popular. Wow. We did a wow. Part two. Yeah, we did that. That's a lot for a show like that. So thank you, Kaylee. And thank let's you. go to speaking of Les. Les Wolf. I, w- I want to say more Wolf. I really do. <laughs> Les, go Never ahead. Never heard that before. <laughs> I'm, well, you did now, kid. You came to the right place. Les Wolf, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please give us a full introduction? How did you start in the memorabilia collectibles? How did you become a pioneer? Take your full three minutes, but Kaylee took four. I'll give you four. Go ahead, Les. I started out six years old as a collector and have never looked back. I started collecting newspapers, stamps, coins, then baseball cards, then autographs. And here I am today. Uh, 64 years later, still doing what I've been doing as a kid. Well, how did you start? How did you get to know all the people you get to know? I'm looking at a picture. I see somebody named Muhammad Ali. I see, saw you had a big shirt with Mickey Mantle before. Tell us the details, Les. Come on, we want to know. What's it all about? Well, basically, I would just go to dinners, events, and hotels and meet the athletes. And I became friends with Muhammad. I cut school one day in high school. When Muhammad got his jaw broken by Joe Frazier, got my picture in the paper. And then from then on in, I just started following Muhammad around and I did a TNT special with him with my memorabilia. Mickey Mantle, I used to bump into all the time, got his autograph, became friends with him. Joe Namath, I used to be a Jet fan, I used to be a Giant fan, met Namath and became a Jet fan. And 60 years later, I'm still suffering because we only won in 69. So, say la vie. So, you can't always root for the winners, you know. <laughs> so, and now I'm a Jet fan. But, uh, I just been living living the dream. I couldn't make it. I couldn't play center field for the Yankees or play point guard for the Knicks or play for the Rangers or the Jets. So I ended up uh, being a memorabilia dealer. Tell me about the idea of cards, collectibles, uh, shirts, signed baseballs. When did this? It's you didn't wake up that one day and say, "I'm going to do all this." Where did who for whom did you learn? How did this come into your realm? Let's come on, give me a little more meat on the bone. Actually, here. I was I was self, I self taught myself. There was okay. no classes. You know, when I was six years old, no one really did, knew much about collecting, and you kind of kind of learn as you go. And because of that, I st- you know I became an appraiser. Or with the International Society of Appraisers, was hired by ESPN to travel the country, telling people what memorabilia was worth. And I still do that in a class. I, I copy wrote collect, invest, protect, and preserve memorabilia, which basically tells you how to protect any kind of memorabilia, keep it out of sunlight, proper place to have it in your house, stuff like that. And I'm just, you know, and I also did the first auction ever of sports memorabilia in the, in the early 80s. I had started a company called Sports Auctions of New York. So all the boom. And I just came back from Chicago last night. We had the largest uh, national sports collectors convention. We had over 100,000 people come in the room in uh, Chicago, Rosemount. So it's still it's still fun. It's great. I've met celebrities. I've met you, uh, Radio Red. Uh, I've met Kaylee. I met Gary now. So you never know who, who you're going to meet, where you're going to meet them, and how you're going to meet them. Is he gracious or what? Les, that's absolutely fascinating. A uh, quick question for you. Where do you teach your class? Where where can people find uh, Anybody that wants to hire me, I've I done it via Zoom. I do it at libraries, VFWs, anywhere you, anywhere you want me to do it, I'm happy to do it. But the best part about it, everybody loves is I do like a, like a road show. At the end, I tell everybody, bring me your memorabilia. I'll give you an estimate of what I think that item is worth. And that's been a big hit. I even had one where I had no sports memorabilia. I had radios, 
old radios a guy brought and a woman brought old old coins so you never know what you're going to come in that room and everybody collects something remember that anything that's more than one is a collection very cool. I used to teach how to sell things on eBay for Great Neck Adult Ed Less. I think I told you that when we met a couple months ago on Zoom when we spoke. And uh, I. Well, we met, to, you mean? We met. And it used to be treasures versus trash, right? And there were people in Great Neck who did that as a living. As a matter of fact, the, the people, I, I don't remember their names. I'll try to find them, but you may know them. They would go into um, apartments in Manhattan where people wanted to had already gone through somebody passed away or went into a nursing home and they wanted to quote unquote get rid of the rest of the content so these people would go in they decide okay these are so many eyeglasses that we can donate to to places where people need glasses uh this is so many things we can give away or might be museum quality and then they would take things and put them for sale on ebay or in private sales or garage sales and I went along on one of these cleanouts to what's called a railroad apartment. Does anybody remember what a railroad apartment is? Oh, yeah. Less those. A, a railroad apartment is a long, skinny apartment. This one had the floor caving in underneath it. And the rooms just come off of the, the sides of this little. And this person had worked on Broadway. And he had a set of collectible playbills for Broadway shows. And he had pictures that had been drawn or painted for him by Broadway stars over the years. He had hundreds of playbills. So I went with these people and they said, well, for coming along and helping us, what do you want? So I took some stuff home and I tried to sell the playbills. The trick with the playbill is it needs to have a ticket for the show and it needs to be signed inside by one of the stars. Other than that, I ended up with about 500 playbills that I couldn't sell. But it was a, a lesson, right, Les? A lesson in what is, what does and doesn't have a market. So I learned a lot from these people. Very interesting. Let's move on. Thank you, Les. Nice to see you again. Thank you. Gary Sirac, we're going to play your song in a few minutes. Gary, we want to know all about you. You're on Camera View. Talk to me. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Les, I have a Joe DiMaggio baseball. I just want to know. Anyway, uh, so I'm in Canton, Ohio, and I am a family-owned business. It's financial services. My dad started in 57. I've been there 42 years, and I've worked with lots of people. And what I've learned is that... um, Money is one thing, but the rest of our life is something else. And, and it really motivated me, Red, to write a book. So I wrote How to Retire and Not Die, The Three Ps <laughs> That Will Keep You Young. And the reason I did that is because everybody thinks retirement's all about, you know, just getting a beer and sitting at the top of the mountain. And that isn't the way it goes. So I, I was so frustrated. I would see these people, wonderful people, friends, everything. And, and their life would kind of go to hell because they didn't know what to do. So I, I really got motivated. So it's kind of cool. I have this really nice company around me. I have about 15 people that I work with. And we are just third generation, which is really nice. Uh, I wrote my book with my son, which was just wonderful. He's 42. And uh, and he doesn't know much about retirement, but he knows a whole lot more now about it. And, and it's just been cool, Red. So I've had all these broadcasts I've done all around the country and it fascinates me we're selling books around the world which is weird uh since i haven't left canton very far anyway but that stuff is going on uh, and the financial world as kaylee knows it's just crazy i mean it's just very strange and people don't understand money and that's why what she does and what i do are so important because people are just kind of lost with what to do and how it works so i think that's been my passion and then I kind of got way off track and started writing lyrics to songs and books. And 
and poetry and uh, I paint. I, I just kind of got this creative urge. I took a hand drum lesson about two weeks ago. I'm learning how to play bongos because I have an actual band, which is really interesting because I can't even sing. But I have these <laughs> people around me that are doing that, which is kind of funny. And I, uh, it's just a blast. It's just kind of cool to be where I'm at in my life at this point in time. That is lovely. That's so nice to hear. I, I uh, don't believe in retirement. I have no plans ever, ever, because what I do is sit in front of a microphone, a screen, and talk to fascinating people like you, Gary Serac, like Kaylee Boisvert. Oh, I just, I'm in love with your name and the, the pink jacket over the top. And Les Wolf, I just like talking to smart people. Somebody asked me, what's my why? My why in life is to get up in the, in the morning and think about the smart people I'm going to talk about on my various radio shows. And that's what I do. And, and Gary, I just love hearing what you had to say. But Gary... Do you think we could play your song now? If uh, that would be very, very let's, nice. Let's yes. see. Jordan is ready from the start of the song. Yeah, let's do about 45, 60 seconds, and I'll give you the, the wrap-up motion here, Jordan, when you're ready. So, Jordan, play it loud and clear, please. Go ahead. I am watching your footprints in the snow Disappear down a path to nowhere Making promises all alone How you do it without a care Where did all the time go? Will we ever Maybe it's all about the snow Falling slowly as you go Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, we made a great team. Uh, let's hear a round of applause for G Gary. Yeah. Delightful, delicious, nostalgic, beautiful, sad, hey. and lovely. Just everything. Les, what'd you think? I didn't even see his lips move. He did great lip syncing. <laughs> Kaylee, what'd you think, Mademoiselle Boisvert? Good. That's amazing. I would. I can't even imagine how you. Yeah, how you write a song. That's amazing. Great, Gary. Job. I want to thank you for allowing me to play, for suggesting sending me, uh, but for allowing me to play the song here on Read My Lips. That was a real treat. So, Gary, you you've got talent, young man. You're going to go far in life. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? I didn't know. So it's just, just, star just is quickly, born. Gar Gary. Question for you. We're, we're talking about creativity. What? motivates you do you so one day just look outside it's snowing and you say oh i think i'll write a song about footsteps in the snow and lost love and sadness and i'll get somebody to sing it and i'll play by the way i'm a drummer so you and i can drum together but seriously gary when when do you write songs do you write them in the morning in the afternoon do you write them when you're walking in the snow when do you write them i, I wrote one this morning called excellent lemonade I, I won't go into too many details it just something will hit me i actually read i hear a line or I'll, I'll pick something up and i'll think wow that's a really interesting way to phrase that and i'll write it down and then later on i'll pull that line up and i'll say what would i do with that and then i'll just start working and my brain just goes somewhere and i i probably wrote 
I don't know, five stanzas today of this song. And then I send it to my partner, Maria uh, Ferrante Shepes. And so she and I will work it through. And then it goes out to Paul Umbaugh and he sings them and plays the instruments. And it's really been, this is my second. So I'm officially a, a two song, no hit wonder, but it's fun. I'm having a good time. <laughs> well, so. I have to read you something. I haven't done this on the show in a while, but I have a quote from David Byrne. Remember David, the former oh, front man of Talking Heads, the band. He was a guest on a podcast by Stephen Johnson called How Ideas Happen. And uh, David Byrne said the following, sometimes I have just the title of a song that comes to me and I write it down and I go to myself, expand on that. I think there's something there. And I have my computer, a whole lot of musical ideas that maybe have a melody, maybe a nonsense word, awaiting words, just a melody. But usually I need something to start with. It's hard to start from nothing. I'll accumulate. And here's the kick. He says, these very little beginnings. When I come back, I have something to build on. And then the comment in the article was, our minds fizz with fragments of ideas, puzzles to ponder, clues on how to fix a problem. Most of us undervalue that chatter. Writers and artists systematically capture the little beginnings. What do you think of that, Kaylee? Pretty cool? I like it. Les, you like that too? I think that's what has, has gotten to all of us who I consider you, you're all in my club of creatives now with a capital C. Uh, I think that's what we all do. I, uh, I paint, I, I write, I'm working on my novella for two years now, and I'm having so much fun writing it. I don't think I'll ever finish it, but I'm having a blast reading my own writing back to myself. But I think these, these creative ideas just come and Gary, you're right. You'll, you'll be somewhere and something will, it will pop into your mind unless you meet somebody and you say, oh, maybe that's a new kind of memorabilia. I think I'll teach a class. Kaylee's like, oh, I think I'll write children's books. I w didn't know this stuff when I was a kid. These ideas just come. So on the point of ideas, we're going to move on to the part of the show where I've asked my three esteemed guests. Somebody wrote to me today, thank you for calling your guests esteemed. I'm very esteemed and very honored to, I said, you're welcome. I call all my guests esteemed. I hope you consider me an esteemed host too. So I've asked you to pick a quote from a song lyric or a fictional movie or TV character that has absolutely nothing to do with the word creativity and it would be hard to find quotes that do. And you're going to tell us, let's keep this down to two minutes because we're just having so much fun. I want to keep the show moving. Uh, Kaylee Boisvert has sent us a quote from Johnny Castle, played by the late great, damn, he left us too early, Patrick Swayze, the movie Dirty Dancing. Les, you remember that, don't you? Yes, and Gary, 1987 romantic drama dance film. It earned only $214 million worldwide, and blah, 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 blah. Um, the screenplay was written for the Michael Douglas film, It's My Turn. It was a short story for a film that became Dirty Dancing because, and, and I, I think you'll all get a kick out of this, changes at MGM put the film into development hell. And the production company was changed to Vestron Pictures. It ended up generating two multi-platinum albums and multiple singles, including I've Had the Time of My Life, Bill Medley and Jennifer Warren's Academy Awards, everything wonderful, wonderful. Here's the quote Kaylee has picked. I wanna hear what this has to do with your creativity. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And I watched that scene again, and it's fabulous. Kaylee, two minutes. Tell us what this has to do with your creativity, please. So I think for me, it really resonates because I'm a very quiet and shy introvert. And so it's just this idea of like still giving attention to or knowing that like there's still a voice though that we have to share or like a talent or something that we have to give. And when you just sort of, you know, think of someone 
almost like people sort of like overlook the quiet person, I think. And that's been like my whole like life journey. I was always just called, oh, she's so shy. And she's so this, so it just, it feels like almost that, you know, we have to remember that there's still like so many like gifts and ideas and things like that to share. So it's so nice when we just remember not to just overlook and, you know, put them in the corner, but give them a chance to speak or pull it out of them. The, the introverts of the world, they have so much to give too. So that to me, it's just like, I love that line. And it just makes me think about how I feel like I was really, you know, underestimated or people didn't see like how I was going to be a financial advisor because financial advisors are, you know, out there and salesy and, and there I was this, you know, quiet person, and they were just like, yeah, it doesn't really seem like you'd be good at this job. And I'm just like, but I want to do it. And I'm so excited and passionate about it. So that to me is what, yeah, what, why it sort of rang true to me personally. Thank you. That was lovely. And, and it's a perfect quote. Uh, Les Wolf, you're next. Les has picked a quote from Mickey Goldmill, who was the character, Jim Trainer, played by Burgess Meredith in Rocky, the 1976 American sports drama film and multimedia franchise. And Goldmill is a fictional character created by, by Sylvester Stallone, who was who also created Rocky based on the life of Chuck Wepner, began with the 1976 film and became a cultural phenomenon. Interesting, uh, Les, that Mickey Goldmill's character may be based on Rocky Marciano's trainer, Charlie Goldman. Both of them were bantamweights, both were Jewish, their names were similar, and they both made wisecracking remarks like, a lot of people say Rocky Marciano don't look too good in there, but the guy on the ground don't look too good either. I'm just giving it my best impersonation. I have no idea what Goldmill sounded like. So here we go. Everybody knows what Rocky's about. Les, you picked a very interesting quote. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to do uh, Mickey Goldmill character voice, but you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. Les, you got to help me out. What in the world does this have to do with creativity? Kaylee's blushing. Kaylee, I am too. Go ahead, Les. Well, basically, you know, you, you got to, you got to really work hard to get to you where you want to be in your, in your business and whatever goal you have to do. And you never know what you how you're going to get through to get to that. And working hard and persevering because i'm sure everyone every all three of you had a lot of setbacks to get to where you got to right now and that's where you got to keep on going and the rocky movies basically just shows you how a, a, a typical underdog you know can just get his chance and take advantage of it and move forward with it and there's a movie that um chuck Webner was offered uh fifty thousand dollars to take that uh to sell the script or a percentage of the movie. And he went further, you know, he didn't realize that it would be so successful. He ended up having to renegotiate to uh, get a percentage of it years later. So you never know. So you got to really work hard at, at, at your dreams. Thank you very much. Yes, there has to be an energy. Wouldn't we call it a passion less? You have a path of passion when you're doing something that nobody else has done or nobody else has done it the way you're going to do it. 
that's what it is. Sometimes it's taking the old and giving a new spin on it. Thank you, Les. Gary Zarak has picked a, so- a lyric from a song from my generation, the signature song by The Who, 1965. It is one of The Who's most recognizable songs. It is number one on Rolling Stone's Five Greatest Songs of All Time. Did you know that, Gary? It's no. part of the, part of the well, I'm telling you, part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 500 songs that shape rock and roll. It was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for historical artistic and significant value released as a single October 29, 1965 hit number two in the UK United Kingdom the highest charting single in the groups the who's home country with 1966 I am a boy Uh, apparently Pete Townsend wrote the song on a train inspired by the Queen Mother who allegedly had his he listen to this he was driving a 1935 last this is for you a 1935 Packard hearse and the Queen apparently found it offensive because she drove down that street on her daily drive and she said nobody's gonna put a hearse on the way when I'm doing my drive so she had it towed off a street in Belgravia Okay, so apparently this is what inspired him. He also credited Mose Allison's Young Man Blues as inspiration. Without Mose, I wouldn't have had written it. And he told Rolling Stone in 1985, my generation was about trying to find a place in society. Here's the line, Gary, this is interesting. I want to die before I get old. And the interpretation sounds as said later was old meant rich. I want to die before I get very rich. So I'm going to let you interpret that. Gary, what does this have to do with your creativity? Go ahead. (laughs) You know, I I didn't know any of that. I mean, I really didn't do research on that. And and how I came to that, I was in the Catskills when Woodstock was going on. So I didn't go to Woodstock because it was miserable weather. I was close, but I would have gotten fired from my, I was working at an all night cafe. So there's no way I was doing that, a coffee shop. So, but I've always been a lyric person. And I heard that lyric and it just resonated with me that, okay, I want to die before I get old. And I've always thought about what the, how old is old? So does that mean before you're 40? I never thought about money with age. I always thought about age as it was. And I took that more literal than cash. So to me, Red, that was all about, you know, how, how old is old? It, you know, is that 80? Is it 50? And I kept thinking the older I got, the older that song went. And it's never left my brain. Um, I will tell you one story. I was in the in the Teton Mountains and I found out the who were playing in St. Louis. And I had a friend that lived in St. Louis. I got a hold of him. This is probably 71. I hitchhiked from the Tetons to St. Louis to see the who. Um, and, and now what does that have to do with creativity? Well, oh, a not- lot. A lot. <laughs> but, but I was I was bound and determined. I had purpose. I had passion. And I had a plan. I had a sign that said East, and that was it. So I got to the Tetons to St. Louis in time for that concert. And uh, it was pretty amazing. So that's the story. That's a wonderful story. That's a creative story. I'm going to hitchhike my way to a concert. Seriously, Gary, you know that's creative. I want to pl- almost want to play your song again. Uh, okay. I tell you what, thank you to the three of you for picking very interesting quotes. Next on the agenda here, I'm going to pick one creativity statement from each of you. To my listeners and viewers, I asked my guests in advance to send me four statements about their own creativity. How does it impact their life? What does it mean to them? What did they do? Not just everybody should be creative 
state of where the world should think of new ways to do it. No, I want to know what it has to do with them. So Kaylee, you've talked about several of yours already. I'm going to read number four. You don't have to look and find it and take about two minutes. And if Gary or Les, if either one of you has something to say, a comment, not required, but if you want to, I think you have five fingers on each hand. I'll respond to one of the nice fingers. You could wiggle a nice finger at me. You know what the bad finger I don't talk to. And uh, wiggle a nice finger, and I'll, I'll call on you for about a minute. And then, Gary, I'm going to pick, well, Les next, one from you, and I'll pick one from Gary. So, Kaylee, I'm looking at statement number four. You see, the biggest regret I hear from people as it relates to their money is that they didn't start investing or saving sooner. I wanted to think of a fun solution that would encourage a very early start. So I wrote the kids' picture book. Tell me about that a little bit, Kaylee. You've talked about it briefly, but just a little more. How did you come up with the idea that there had to be a fun solution? Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's just, I, I guess if you could summarize like what, you know, the biggest regret, like people say that you, there's been books written about the biggest regrets people have just in their lives in general, I guess, as they get old or they're on their deathbed or something. So I would say, you know, in the money realm, I teach like an investing 101 course and I'm, or I'm in my business, I'm constantly talking with people about their money and we're planning and we're talking, you know, what they want to achieve and whatnot. Um, but a lot of the times, one of the things they say is, and and when I do my course and I show the charts of like, if you start here, you know, this is where you'll end up and things like that. And they just say like, I wish I would have started sooner. I wish I would have known this earlier. And to me, that's just so like sad that it's such a common you know, regret and something that's so like can easily be changed and we can do something about it. And so I'm like, okay, if that's the regret, you know, how early can we get started? And then I was like, let's go really, really early. Like, let's not talk about 18, 19, 20. We can go even earlier than that. Like, let's go to kids and empower kids. I think kids are capable and they know a lot more than we realize. So it's so fun to have these conversations with them. And so that's why I wrote my kids book because I was, you know, talking to Ivy about money and having so much fun. I'd say like, what are you going to save your money for? And what do you want to be when you grow up? And how much money do you think people make? Or how much money do you think it costs to buy a house? And just all these questions I had for her just to hear from the perspective of a child. And it just reminded me like when we're kids, we have that like open, you know, this, this idea of the possibilities where they just feel like anything is possible and they're willing to think big and go big with their goals and, and dreams and all that. So I'm like, let's like, let's encourage that. Let's like foster this environment where kids are dreaming big, thinking about the possibilities with their money. Because again, as we get older, it's more like money's happening to us, or I can't do that, or I'm never going to be able to retire. Like it feels very limiting, but when it's like kids, it's just like, they can do whatever they want. And it's so much fun. So that's why I wrote this kid's book. And I think that's where that, that comes from that statement. Thank you. Cool. I have to tell you, I just watched a charming Gary. One second. I just watched a charming movie, a Morgan Freeman movie from about 12 years ago called the magic of bell Isle, B E L L E I S L E. I don't think it's on the Hallmark channel. It's somewhere you can find it. Just Google the the magic and Virginia Madsen's in it. And, and uh, he's a grumpy, washed up writer whose breakfast, lunch, and dinner are out of a bottle, a big bottle. And that's all he does, go to the local, and he's in a wheelchair. How do I, I won't give you the whole thing. Anyway, the point is it's Morgan Freeman. The lines he speaks in that movie are just elegant and eloquent. You would never expect. The neighborhood embraces him somehow, but next door is a single mom who's about to get a divorce with three little girls. One's a teen, one's very little, and one's about nine or 10. 
And she says, I want you to teach me how to be a storyteller, how to write a book. And she walks up to his house and she says, Kaylee, this is for you. She says, I've saved $34.17. And by the end, Les likes that, by the end of the summer, I want you to teach me to write stories. Because he wrote a famous story about some cowboy somewhere and, and he wasn't doing anymore and he didn't want to sell the book and blah, blah. I won't tell the ending. But at the end of the summer, he gave her back the money. And his idea for writing a story, he got her out in the road and he, he, he was in his wheelchair and she was next to him and he said, look down the street, what do you see? And she said, nothing. He said, what is it that you don't see? What do you don't see? What do you not see? That's what you're gonna write about. What's not there? I'd never heard it put quite that way, but the money reminded me of what you're talking about. She knew the value of her money was this world famous writer was going to teach me how to write and I'm going to pay him. Gary, did you want to say something? Yeah, I just want to congratulate Kaylee. I, I think there's such a gap between us teaching our kids and not us, the group here, but kids and money, they don't have anywhere to learn it from. Parents aren't a particularly great role model. TV certainly isn't good. And there's a whole lot of bad stuff going on. So what you're doing, I think, is really cool. I think that in my practice, I've dealt with lots of younger kids, and it's fascinating to see how they do and what they do when given some help. So kudos. Thank you. That's very nice. And Les, I'm sure you saw some of that in your early collecting days. I'm looking at the picture with you and Muhammad Ali. You must have been 12 there, Les. <clears throat> Thank you. You're, the kindest things. you're welcome, dear. And I'm thinking that, that you were a young, very young man at that point, and you were thinking about how did you want to, well, I'll get to your creativity statement in a minute, but how how did you want people's, oh, I'm a sports fan. I want to get those cards. And well, what did you make on your allowance this week? Or what did your paper route pay for you? So you were dealing with how kids spent their money on on stuff that turned out to make a living for you. So let's go. Thank you, Kaylee, and thank you, Gary. Les, Les and I worked on his creativity statements together. He said, nobody's ever asked me to do anything like that. What are you talking about? So we came up with a couple of things. I'm taking credit for part ownership here. So the one I liked the best that we created, Les, was the following. Creativity in business is finding a niche, I'm pronouncing it the French way, a niche to go with Mademoiselle Boisvert, because we're in a French mode now. Creativity in business is finding a niche that no one else is in and that you would love to fill with your own ideas and become a trailblazing game changer. Now, what I like the best about this, Les, is that you would love to fill, which you did. Last two minutes, talk to me about that, please. What does that mean to you? What it means to me is I, I created something and everybody laughed about getting someone's autograph and just saving it. And, you know, who would think of, who would think that that become valuable? And because of that, you know, being laughed at as a kid and growing up like that, uh, I have the last laugh because memorabilia has become a key focus in in collecting memorabilia nowadays. Everybody collects something. Anything that's more than one is a collection. And as same thing with Kaylee, you know, I just uh, like teaching it, especially to young kids to help them to build a collection. Interesting story. When I was like 18 years old, a friend of mine lent me uh, lent me some money and I had a chance to buy a Mickey Mantle rookie card or a 53 Mickey Mantle baseball card. 53 is the year I was born, so I wanted that. It was 100 bucks. The other was $200. I couldn't afford it. So I, I bought that, sold it years later for thousands of dollars. And I always said to myself, if I had something to say to myself when I was 18 again, it would have been, 
beg, borrow, and steal all the money I could just to buy every Mickey Mantle rookie card for $200 now because those cards are 10 to $15 million each now. So, And the question is, who knew? Right, Les? That's right. Who knew? But if we we knew Kaylee, we would have known. Who who knew Apple stock was going to go where it went? Who knew... Who knew about Tesla. anything? Yeah, absolutely. Who knew? I just sold off most of my Apple stock last week. My broker said it's time to take a profit, kid. You're just sitting there with it. Let's. We don't know what's gonna do, but you got you got to rake this in while you still got it instead of going. Whoop! There we go. So anyway, nothing private here about me. All right, let's go to Gary Sirac. <laughs> Gary, I'm going to read two statements from you, three and four. I like them both. I think they go together. You say. Throughout my life, I have appreciated how I would meet people who mirrored the characters in some of the books that I've read, which totally fascinates me. And you also say you've always been a fan of art museums and you visit as many as you can when you're traveling. So let's talk about mostly meeting people who mirror characters in books you've read. What does this do for your own creativity? Gary, go ahead. So I I was an English major in college. I went to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. And I got there and you had to pick a major And I really had no clue. But one of my teachers along the way in high school said, boy, you really have a talent for writing. And then she gave me a B. Anyway, so I, uh, (laughs) I, you know, whatever. So I thought about it. I said, "Okay." so I marked down English. And that put me in a world of reading just staggering amounts of books. And I read so many books and I would hear all these characters, read these characters. I would hear their voice in my head. And then as I got out of college and started doing in the real world, I started realizing I'm running into these people. They're here and and they're characters in books that I've read. And I thought that was just amazing. And I I can't begin to tell you how fascinating it is to walk in and be introduced to someone and say, whoa, I read about you, but it wasn't you, but it was you. (laughs) And I would do that in my brain. You know, I have to resist. Yeah, I got to resist saying something because they don't know what I'm talking about. But I knew. And, and so that was a big part of it. That really triggered in me that characterization. So I study people and I've always studied people and I've always paid close attention to the details. Um, when someone talks, I have a tendency to really listen. And I don't know that everyone does that, but I do. And I'm always looking for nuances that aren't the normal nuances. And that's just a trait of mine. The art side, I've just been fascinated by art. I've always liked art. Even a little kid, I mean, I never could paint in the line. So I, I do abstract stuff. And it's, you know, it's not great or anything, but it doesn't have to be. It's just for me. And to me, that just feeds my creativity. It just gives me some kind of enjoyment. Plus, it's that whole idea when I do eventually retire, which I have no plan to, but I work about five hours a day. I can go down in my base in my little studio and paint. I can go listen to my rock and roll and do something or I can write a song. It's it's just cool. It is very, very cool. I have two things to say. If you all look up, I've changed my background picture. I've started doing AI-generated art. I create portraits just with text prompts in a an app online called Night Cafe Studio. I print wow. them out on 8.5 by 11 clear film, the kind, Les and Gary, that we used to use in projectors. And then I quickly carry it down to my art studio, which is the sunroom in the house I just bought here in Tennessee, put them face down on 12 by 12 cardstock and rub them with the back of my hand on the back or with a spatula, transfer for what's left of the ink. It doesn't last long and it will dry up and evaporate. And then I take it and I add glitter and jewels and acrylic paint pouring colors and I embellish it. So this is one of my ladies. I gave her uh, oblong and diamond shaped eyes. I gave her sparkly earrings. I gave her a heck of a set of red lips there. 
somebody probably wants to kiss her and that's her microphone here in the bottom left and this is one and every monday i post on linkedin and you will all see your names there uh, tagged i post radio red called me my other name says this and told me who's going to be on her show and then i post one of these pictures i'll give you one more let's see one more this is my sultry sultry redhead and my hair salon here is displaying a bunch of these and wants to be able to actually um here's another one they want to uh probably put them up for sale i don't know if anybody wants to buy these but i'm having a very very good time creating these pictures and this one has one red red eye and one blue eye i thought that'd be interesting so i'm having a blast but i want to tell you less for Gary, rather, in my novella, which is called You Big Dummy, I won't tell you the rest of it. I have to have a, a, a pseudonym, a author's name that's not, you know, nom de plume, Kaylee, more French for you. Nom de plume, mean a pen name, because people would not like me if they knew I wrote it. But in the opening of the book, it says, if any of the characters in this book resemble you or anybody you know, either how they dress, how they talk, how they spend their money, how they live, how they, what they drive, what they say, what they look like, smell like, think like, anything like that. If they resemble you or anybody you know, you're probably right. But don't see an attorney, go get a therapist or take a good drink. You're probably right, you big dummy. And that's the intro to the book. That's why I have to use a nom de plume because people will know I'm talking about them. Tell you what I'd like to do now. It's time for some famous birthdays. Today is July 31 and I have a couple of doozies for you. So I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Lass or Kaylee or Gary, but there's somebody named Uncle Jack who was born today in 1923. He is 100 years old. He has 1.5 million likes on TikTok. He has conversations with his great nephew. He answers questions and shares his daily life and advice from his assisted living facility. And he served in World War II station in Australia and the Philippines. He loves to sketch Gary. He does carvings, paintings, and makes bird houses. He raised wild coyotes and a bird, a bobcat, and his great nephew launched a GoFundMe crowdfunding to raise money for his care. So happy birthday to Uncle Jack, whoever's uncle he is. Uh, today, born in 1946, Les, this is for you, Gary Lewis, the drummer. Remember Gary Lewis and the Playboys? This diamond ring. Yeah, okay, I'm not wearing my diamond right now. Born in Newark, New Jersey. Their last name was Levitch, and his father changed it to Lewis. Uh, Susan Bennett, voice actress. She's the original voice of Siri, Apple's virtual assistant. Susan Bennett, born today in 1949. She was the voice of the first ATM at First National Bank of Atlanta, and she was the voice of Tilly, the all-time teller. I thought that was cute. She's done backup vocals for Burt Bacharach and Roy Arbison. J.K. Rowling was born today, 1957. Harry Potter, hello. Bill Berry, the drummer for R.E.M. Okay, I always have drummer birthdays. Mark Cuban, you've all heard of him. Businessman, Shark Tank, owns the NBA Dallas Mavericks, born in Pittsburgh. Wesley Snipes, the actor, was born today in 62. Zach Brown, Zach Brown Band, was born today in 78. Enrico Rodriguez, who was one of my favorite characters on Modern Family, he played Manny Delgado. He was Gloria's son. There you go. I have three uh, social media stars that are going to knock your socks off. Les, are you sitting down? Les, promise? Okay. I have somebody named China Unique, C-H-Y-N-A. She's 25 today. Happy birthday. She has 378 million views on YouTube. D- D- Kaylee, are you, you sitting down too? She does ASMR. Do you know what ASMR is? Okay, ASMR is where they make a noise or a sound or something that's supposed to relax people. She does mouth sounds like kissing, licking the mic, and gum chewing. Her video, one features her petting a newborn puppy. It has 6.9 million views. All she does, Gary, is just chew 
com. And then we have somebody named Brett Man Rock who has only 18 million followers on Instagram and 8 million on YouTube. He gets 1 million hearts for individual posts. He does makeup content. Don't ask me. Initially, he was on Vine and YouTube. And then we have somebody named Cooper Nidecker, N-E-I-D-E-C-K-A-R, on TikTok. I think Kaylee knows of 1.5 million subscribers. He creates comedy under his account, Film Cooper, videos about celebrities like Timothy Chalamet and Harry Styles. And he had a parody hip-hop persona called Lil Funky. Okay, and he just creates characters. Okay, in the music industry, 2019, Woodstock 50, at one point had Miley Cyrus, Jay-Z, Sid Santana, and John Fogarty, and it was canceled because of legal problems. So Santana did a show at Bethel Woods anyway, where the original Woodstock took place. I was staying in a, in a uh, vacation place very near there. Let's see what else. Um, 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 okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of some somebody you'll care about here. George Benson's Breezen album hit number one in America today in 1976. And the singer-songwriter era reaches... Its apex in 71 is James Taylor's You've Got a Friend, hit number one in the U.S. And in 1969, Elvis came to Vegas in his first live concert since 61. That was eight years later. He played the International Hotel, 57 shows that helped to revive his career and earned him $1.5 million. Today, the national holidays are Harry Potter's birthday, International Lifeguard Appreciation Day. Anybody, Kaylee, do you appreciate a lifeguard somewhere? Uh, national Avocado Day. If you know anybody named Diana, it's not her birthday, it's her day. Jump for Jelly Beans Day, it's Mutt Day, Raspberry Cake Day, Shredded Week Day, and Uncommon Instrument Awareness Day. And July is the month of National Baked Beans, Blueberries, Horseradish, Hot Dog, I'm getting sick, Ice Cream, Watermelon, Nectarines, Eggplant, Corn Month, Mango and Melon, and Raspberry Month, and it's Cell Phone Courtesy day month also so uh i just want each of you we got two minutes left real fast beat beat as they say in french i'm full of french for you kaylee today mademoiselle boisvert website where can people find you real fast so it's kayleeboisvert.com okay that's k-a-l-e-e-b-o-i-s-v-e-r-t.com thank you les wolf where do you want people to go les wolf sports llc.com l-e-s-w-o-l-f-f-s-p-o-r-t-s-l-c-c.com thank you gary serac where should people go GarySirac.com. Oh, my God. You're all making this so easy for me. G-A-R-Y-S-I-R-A-K.com. You can all find me. Just Google AKA Radio Rev. But don't forget the AKA. The Barbie movie just broke and did very well at the box office. I have a copy here of something called Top 10 Tips for Women in 2014. Kaylee, I don't even know you were born then. Yes, you were. Uh, the number one was Aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. I'll just let that one go. I have to do a quick shout out to LLL, lovely, lanky Laura Legs, who couldn't listen tonight. She's got somebody special. And I hospital Laura is our most loyal listener and i met her at a dance class on long island and we're trying to get her 30 seconds my goodness here's my closing you ready life is short break the rules yes forgive quickly kiss slowly it's the only way love truly laugh uncontrollably everybody laugh with me (laughs) that was not too bad never regret anything that made you smile closing up work like you don't need the money dance like no one's watching, sing like nobody's listening, and love like you've been never been hurt, because we've all been hurt. Get over it. Money talks, chocolate sings, la. And last but not least, thank you for turning me on. I stole that line. Everybody wave goodbye to social. Wave goodbye to Voice America. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures. Jordan, thank you. Are we out? Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. 
Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.